It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We're pleased to announce that this season, the Spurs show is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Spurs fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're based in Tottenham or Tyneside, you can catch every single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during the season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. If you can't get yourself down to the match against Liverpool this Saturday, why not catch it on Sky Sports in the next best place? A Green King pub. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Spurs fans around the world, welcome to another Spurs show and a special one this one because we're live in London's glamorous West End at the Albany Pub. Great turnout tonight and the reason for that is we have a bona fide cast iron Tottenham legend in the room with us who we'll be recording with after this show. The one and only Gary Mabber is here. Uh, And joining me now for this show, this very high-spirited, upbeat Spurs show, I have two esteemed football journalists. We're going heavyweight here. To my left, Mr. Martin Lipton. Welcome back, Martin. And to my right, the one and only Jerry Cox. Thank you, Theo. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen, at this uh, very exciting time in the history of Tottenham Hotspur. And of course... I think there's only one place we can start, and that is in the Death Star. I mean, the Emirates Stadium. The Emirates Stadium, where we all witnessed uh, on Sunday an absolutely, I thought, excellent display by Tottenham Hotspur. A 2-2 draw, a great point, an enterprising performance, and the continuation of Ange Ball. What did you make of it, Jerry? I thought it was fantastic. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I... um 
quite often go to these games with some trepidation, but I think it was a different mood on Sunday. And uh, the way it panned out was, was exactly how we're expecting to see it these days. And I've said to a few of my colleagues in the media, um, I've got that feeling going to Spurs games that we had maybe haven't seen since about 2016-17, where you were turning up, maybe the last home game at White, last home season at White Hart Lane, turning up every week knowing you were going to see fantastic football and hopefully uh, some goals, mostly for Tottenham. And um, it turns, it's, it's looking like that. And it looks like a team that can go to places like Arsenal without fear and, and actually outplay them. And I think, you know, I, I said in my report, I was in the, in the press box there, the, st- the atmosphere just deflated instantly when the final whistle went, apart from that band of Spurs fans in the corner. Because Arsenal knew they'd been outplayed and they'd really, they'd, they'd taken a bit of, you know, a moral beating, if you like. So yeah. I think the sides were great. And it was, it was an enjoyable game. And it really, uh, what surprised me was the number of my colleagues, other journalists who don't see Spurs so often, who were just turning around saying, blimey, Jerry, is it like this every week? It wasn't like this for the last two or three years, you know? And I said, yeah, this is, this is the new Spurs. This is, this is what Ange's done. He's just turned them around really quickly. Yeah. And it's great to watch. You know, Nihal from Radio 5, big Tottenham fan, of course, he tweeted, uh, the trouble is with this Ange ball, we're not really going to know if it's going to work until we play a really big team. Well, he, you said know. That, <laughs> he said that after the Arsenal game, which I really liked. And United as well in that list. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, Martin, you know, we were speaking before the show. We, we, it's been a long time since Spurs, in this particular fixture, have come out with such a front foot approach. Yeah, I, I was thinking it's probably at least five years since Spurs have gone to Arsenal and tried to win as opposed to trying not to lose, which I think is the, the key difference, actually. Um, and I'm looking out here and there's far more people than I expected because they're all smiling. Um, for the last three years, being a Spurs fan has been a cross between some sort of self-help group, you know, Tottenham-holics anonymous, um, and a confessional. And suddenly... it. It feels different, doesn't it? There's a huge weight that's come off everybody's head because, guess what? You're going to watch football and enjoying it again. I mean, and isn't that what it's supposed to be about? To actually, it's supposed to be, a, you know, a, away from the trials and tribulations of life and work and all the, the chaos. Football's supposed to be fun. And suddenly we've got a, ma- a manager and a team that makes it fun again. And everyone wants to win, but this lot are trying to win. The setup is completely different. And yes, it's very early doors. We've played half a dozen games. There's going to be some disappointments along the way. And I know we don't always agree with Daniel Levy and what he says, but there's one thing he said last week which I think will have resonance, which is we've got our Tottenham back. And I genuinely think that's true. And there's a sense that I get from everyone I talk to, those who've been there, those who are watching, those who are desperate to get tickets because suddenly they really want to go, that something significant has changed. Mentality, mindset, approach, belief. And that floods through from the players, the staff, and to, most importantly, to the people who are putting their hands in their pockets every other weekend to go and watch that team. Who stood out for you, Martin, on the pitch for Tottenham? I, actually, it's hard to find someone who didn't in that regard on the performance on, on, on Sunday. I thought um, the centre-half, um, Van der Ven, was, was excellent. The keeper made big save. Udogi was terrific after the first 20 when he got to grips with his task and playing with a booking, 
was really important. Bissouma gave balance. Um, yeah, Madison's created two goals. It was just a really, really good performance. And we've got to remember, this is a really good Arsenal team. They are an excellent side. They proved that last, last season. They were infinitely better than us last season. They might be slightly better than us at the moment, but are you going to say they're going to be better by the end of the season? Because I'm not sure you can say that anymore. And you would have said that three months ago. And that's a testament to the strides that have been taken uh, across the whole squad. And people want to, you know, you can see the players are having fun. They're enjoying it. They're not, they're not weighed down. They're not inhibited. They're, they seem to have been, you know, just, just freed and given a chance to play with expression. Yeah, and that seems to be the thing. I mean, as you say, Arsenal are quite a highly developed squad now. They've got big, experienced players, lots of them in a lot of depth, spent a lot of money. Um, but we seem to... That, that, that little shortfall of ours is made up for it, almost like a psychological... It's a spirit, an esprit de corps thing and an, and an attitude thing, and that's what we were promised with Ange. But I don't think any of us thought it would be this good and certainly not this quick. It's like he's... Some kind of a wizard. He's done, look, he's done brilliant. I mean, you can see that. You can look at the... When Spurs go a goal down now, the first thought is when are we going to equalise? Not yeah. are we going to equalise? Yeah. yeah, that's changed. I mean, we don't expect to equalise 30 seconds after we concede as we did with the second goal. But you, you're not shocked when they do because there's, that, there's a bravery in possession that wasn't there in the past. I and mean, Jerry's seen more of the games than I have. I've been watching on telly because of rugby and holidays and things like that. Um, but my son, who's nearly 14, is just more excited than he's been for a long time. And I'm sure most people in this room are the same. It's like, if you've been, if you've been told at the, on the 10th of August, when Kane goes to Bayern Munich, that we'd be sitting here now, watching this football, watching these results, you wouldn't have believed it in truth. It's yeah. been a remarkable um, transformation, and that's credit to those who are important. That's the coach, the, man the manager, the his coaches, and the players. But also, the fans are playing their part. They feel, I get the feeling, the fans feel part of the club again. And mm. that's a huge aspect, because that comes over to the players. They respond to that. They're human beings. If they have that sense that there's a unity, a bond... It does have an, in, an impact on, on the football players. I really believe that. Yeah. I mean, as Spurs fans, of course, we're always looking for the cloud that is attached to the silver lining. Um, and I look at that first 11, and I just think, wow, all of a sudden, it's, it seems to have formed so quickly. But you look at players like Udogi, looks like the best left-back since Danny Rose, definitely. You look at uh, Van der Ven, ready-made. He looks like he's been playing in the Premier League for years. And he's got the lot, you know. You look at Bissouma, that's the player we thought we were buying. Yep. He looks like one of the best, like he, that's what we thought we were getting, one of the best midfielders in the league. Madison, maybe the best number 10, out and out number 10, certainly the best English number 10. The one thing that worries me, though, is, is cover, squad cover, particularly at centre-back and also in that number 10. It's a bit spoiled because we haven't had a number 10 for five years. <laughs> we suddenly think, what happens if we lose the number 10? But you do wonder, what, what, how do you see that? I mean, you know, the, the centre-half that's on the bench is Eric Dyer, weirdly, mm. who looked like he was completely exiled. Does that concern you, Jerry, or any other positions? N not necessarily. I mean, I think, I think it's no secret Andrew would have liked another centre-back before the window shut. And uh, I'm sure they'll maybe go again in January for that. So that's, mm. 
you know, that is one area where they, they know they're probably short. Um, but, you know, Eric Dyer didn't suddenly become a bad footballer. He was yeah. playing in a, in a team that wasn't playing particularly well and mm. he made some mistakes, but he also played, he kept him, kept him in it in games at times as well. And I think the whole point of this is it's a system, it's a style of play. Yeah. It's actually much more than just a tactical football system. It's, it's, a, it's just a belief system. Yeah. You know, if you've read, uh, I mean, I've read Angie's book that mm-hmm. he wrote in 2016. This was pretty much about Australian football and his journey. You know, he started coaching at 12. He was coaching his kids' team, uh, yeah. a local team at 12. He just took over. He's, he's one of those natural leaders. He's a thinker, and he's got a philosophy of football, and it's all about, it's about bravery, and it's about getting on the ball, and it's about having your teammates believe in you. And he said, if someone makes a mistake, uh, you don't castigate them. You just encourage them to keep going. Don't, don't give up on the system, you know? Mm-hmm. So one player falling out of it isn't necessarily a disaster. One player comes out, another one goes in. Mm-hmm. You've got to trust that that player can still do what's required of them and not leave them isolated and not have any faith in them. I mean, that's when it can fall down. So I think, you know, let's see what happens if, if one of the centre-backs goes out or, or, and, and there's an extended period where one's missing. Um, Madison, obviously, is very central to it. But, you know, someone like Lo Celso could drop in there as that sort of player, probably yeah. not as influential. But again, like with Basuma, he will be playing in a system that we expected to see, you know, the, the sort of player we expected to see when he was signed, a playmaker. Yeah. He came into a system at Tottenham that probably didn't really work for him. We never saw the best of him under the previous regimes. So you would hope to see him given that freedom to play as a creative number 10, yeah. if he has to play there. But, yeah. And he's you know, not the only one. I mean, theoretically, you could assess he could drop in there and yeah. play, play Johnson yeah. on the right. I think the, the bigger issue at the moment is uh, clear there's going to be a problem in January because Bissouma and Saar are going to be off for African nations. Yeah. But we do have, hopefully, uh, Bentancur coming back mm-hmm. relatively swiftly. And there will, ha- will have to be... I think a little bit of, of business in, in January because that's, it, there's a window there for a reason. You want to utilise it. Mm. But also, it's much easier to attract players to a club that's playing good football and playing, you know, playing well and winning. Yeah. That's the, you know, if you've got the option of going to a club or going somewhere else and you look at this club and think, well, oh, actually, I quite fancy a bit of that. And the Champions League next year is looking quite quite good, yeah, and possibly. all those things play into the mentality of mm. of, of players, uh, players and agents, etc. And also, the thing we've, we've noticed is that there is, by the look of things, a cadre of real talent knocking on the door from the under twenty ones who who want to be be in that first team squad. They're maybe not quite ready yet. Yeah. In six months' time, they may well be. Who are you thinking of in particular? I I think Donnelly might be too young to go in, but he looks like a really, really good player at 18. Yeah. Um, The boy they got from Blackburn, the centre-half, has has done very well. It looks as though, by the way they demanded effectively, and wanted the the, the Valise to play against... um, Colchester half an hour last week. Right. That they see him as a potential for the first team squad already. Right. Well, he was on the bench, I think, yeah. on Saturday. So Sunday. there's, there, but if you look at what's there from that 21s, maybe not this season, but they'll be certainly knocking on the door. Obviously, Devine's gone on loan to um, to Port Vale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorrington at the back. Uh, the Spanish boy, Sinsett Bell. There's there's talent there. Scarlet. Now, let's mm-hmm. not push it too early and expect it to be. Premier League ready mm-hmm. and to play and start because that's not going to happen. But 
there is, it seems to me, for the first time in a while, a genuine group of players who could be good enough mm-hmm. coming through. And it's we haven't had that for a few years. Yeah, and it's already a young squad. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, without being too dramatic about it, the way, let's say, Chelsea have turned around with, you know, 25 signings in, in over in 18 months or whatever, 15 in the last year, you know, that's too much to try and accommodate. But Spurs have had that painful rebuild that, that Poch was talking about yeah, five years, years ago. ago you know. yeah. um, they've actually done that now, and it's mm-hmm. a much younger squad, and it's all, you know, it's all about buying into what the manager believes and, in, and you know, having that proper team spirit. I mean, if you look at Poro, for example, the end, when he came in in January, it took a, a long time, I thought, a few months, and there were flashes, but now he looks at home, doesn't he? Yeah. Look, system suited suits him. Uh, and if he just got that ball past Gabriel, we'd have won on Sunday. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, that, that's a manager, isn't it? It's like when Poch came and suddenly players who you just weren't sure about or seemed a bit ordinary suddenly came to life. Managers can do that, can't they? A, g- a yeah. good manager will do that. And that's actually it's a good point you make about Dyer because maybe he'll get Dyer back to his best. Well, he's training and, you know, he's training with them. He's playing that system. He's playing that style. And one of the things that's fundamental to, to, to uh, Angie's philosophy is, is very simple. You know, a short passing game, five to ten yard passes, is much easier for players. They just need the options around them. They need two or three players around them. But trying to hit sort of longer balls, diagonal balls, or being isolated as a player mm-hmm. makes it harder. So if you're playing a system and you can slot a player in, as long as, you know, Dyer's two-footed, he was, he was a good holding midfielder at one stage, wasn't he, in the, in the Pochettino years. Um, there's no reason he can't play in that system playing the, 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 post, uh, the, the Postacoglu way, you know. So yeah. I, I, I think, you know, uh, good coaching, like you say, brings the best out of players. Yeah. And people are already saying, oh, ex-players were saying the other day, it's a sign of a good coach, getting a tune out of Basuma and, and transforming players, making them, you know, back to playing to their full potential. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take, we're going to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to talk about the next mouth-watering fixture, which is Liverpool at home, of course, at the weekend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, and we are back. Now, before we continue, I should tell you that for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews, original documentary series on Spurs, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Spurs show merchandise, new t-shirt designs, including a Postacoglu tribute design, and a host of other eye-catching merchandise. I think there's a kangaroo involved in that one, by the way. <laughs> Check them out and be the envy of your friends. Our monthly live 
shows in London are up and running, as we can see. Next month on October the 25th, I'm so looking forward to this. The return of Bobby Davro. <laughs> Discussing, he was so funny last time I fell off my chair. Discussing his all-time Spurs 11. And uh, on November the 22nd, we have the return of David Howes. You can sign up at season.spursshow.net and you can come along to each event with a couple of mates for the price of less than a coffee. Follow us on Facebook, X and Instagram and please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Next week, we've got David Harris and Simon Lipson. Okay, so Saturday, 5.30. Sometimes you think, oh, not 5.30 on a Saturday. I hate that one. There's nothing is going to make you hate this prospect of this game. Tottenham at home to Liverpool. Spurs playing so well. Liverpool also going really well, but looking like a team, I think, that look sometimes frightening going forward, but also strangely vulnerable mm -hmm. at the back. What do you think, Martin? Six all? Well, <laughs> uh, what's interesting is that in a lot of the games, Liverpool have conceded first as well. Mm -hmm. this season and they could have lost those games they've shown great capacity to come back and you know Bournemouth they were a goal down Newcastle they were a goal down Wolves they were awful for half, half the match and found a way to win they are they're very good when they get momentum but they are I still think slightly stodgy defensively I think that that's true and you can certainly see it being a game with a lot of goals what I just want is for us not to shoot ourselves in the foot against them again. Like the last few years, it seems every time we've had a chance to beat them, and we haven't beaten them since the first Wembley game in 2017, when we did them 4-1. Yeah. We've managed to lose games we shouldn't have won and draw games we should have won mm. uh, with ridiculous things like, you know, um, Mora last season, we get back to 3-3, Dyer's mistake in the home game. That was just last year. There was the ridiculous own goal. In the last minute at Anfield, mm -hmm. there was a penalty that was given away by Aurier for no reason in the last five minutes. And like every time we play them, we find a way to, to not win when we should do. Mm. And yet, yeah. I think that maybe it's... It, we had that run, didn't we, when, when Harry was manager, started, where we, we had the Indian sign over them. One of his early games, I remember, what was his second or third game, we got played off the park and managed to win 2-1, and I still don't know how. Mm. And we won quite a few games on the spin against them then because there was this sense of expectation and belief. Yeah. And we need to find that again. To, you know, if we could, having got that point on, on Sunday, if we can then pick up three on, on Saturday, the mood r really is good because the next few mm. games are pretty favourable. Luton and Fulham, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a tough, <clears throat> tough game because they're a proper team and they've got the goal threat. Nunes is looking like the player they signed. Yeah. Um, Salah's always going to be a goal threat. Yeah. Uh, Gakpo will drop in maybe. Jota. The one thing I think is interesting if Alexander-Arnold doesn't play, which is likely after the hamstring, they have, they lose a little bit going forward but they've maybe got more solidity at the back with, with Gomez who doesn't overcommit and there's a hole behind Alexander-Arnold that you can exploit. Mm. Gomez won't leave that hole because mm. he's not he's a natural sort of defender, player. isn't he? Yeah. So they may have a more slightly rigid defensive structure for that game. But it's a proper game between two proper teams playing the right way. I mean, that's what football's supposed to be about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're still, even with Gomez in there, they, they're quite... I mean, 
Van Dyke's quite, uh, he's become quite slow and cumbersome, hasn't he? I don't think that's fair. I just don't think he's as quick as he was. Right. Because he, he had a horrific injury. Yeah. Um, that, that, that pick for challenge was an absolute disgrace. I mean, he should have, yeah. how he stayed on the pitch, I do not know. And, yeah. and Van Dyke has, if you watch him, I think he hangs back a couple of yards. Right. From where he was before. He used to, he used to defend really high because he backed himself to get across. Yeah. And he doesn't quite back himself to do that the same way. So therefore, he drops off a little bit to give him the chance to cover. Mm -hmm. Now, he's still very good. He's still an outstanding talent. He's a really good reader of the game. But he has, I, I might be wrong, but I think he's lost a fraction of that real pace he had before the injury. But he's still good. And they've still got that physicality of whoever plays alongside him, whether it be Matip or Kanashi, the keeper is absolutely brilliant for them, Alison. There's no doubt about that. He makes big, big saves in matches. Mm. And Robertson is a threat going forward. They're a good team. I mean, if anyone thinks it's going to be easy, they're in cloud cuckoo land. The only thing I'd say against that, though, is that since, since Van Dyke has slowed down a little, as, as you know, we know, it has changed the way they play because they, Trent and, and Robertson could bomb on knowing that they could leave yes. a space behind and he or the other fullback, uh, centre-back, whether it was Matip or whoever it was, Gomez at one point, would be across yeah. the cover. And now he's not so quick to get across the cover. You know, he could do that job. He's probably less inclined to, to be mm. moving outside his, what they, you know, defenders, so central want, defenders like that 18-yard yeah, uh, line to keep in. He's less inclined to go into the fullback spaces, which means the fullbacks have to think more about, do they go and bombing also, on? if he does go out there, because he's that little bit slower... His tackle is a little bit more desperate. There's more chance of him being booked and, and sent off. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. the sending off against Newcastle, mm. which he moaned about, mm. you could argue he was a bit slow to react, and that's mm. why he ended up making the, mm. the panicky tackle on, on Isaac. But he's still good. Let's not, mm. let's not yeah, yeah, dismiss no, his talent. But, but My point is, I think that, that then impacts on uh, Liverpool's attacking yeah. options. Because if you look back in the last three or four years when they were really solid and really strong going forward, you know, the fullbacks would really bomb yeah, on with abandon play, because yeah. they knew they would be covered behind. And now they're not so much. They don't attack quite as aggressively no, down the flank. The midfield is more so, important in their attack. Now, McAllister has given mm. them something unquestionably. Do you think they've solved that midfield problem? Because they've had a midfield that has been noticeably <laughs> weaker than the attack and the yeah, defence yeah. for some years. Do you think that they've... Well, it looks like... I, I still think they're, they are another team in transition. Yeah. You know, a bit like uh, Tottenham clearly are and, and a few others. So, you know, they up to, up to the latter stages of last season, you wouldn't be thinking Liverpool are going to mount a challenge for the title this year. No. I did, actually, at the start of the season. I, th I thought on the back of their, of their resurgence at the end of the season, that really good run they had... I thought they actually will be more than Arsenal. I think they'll be challenging City for the title. And, and actually, as it stands now, that's, that's where they are. However, I don't think they've got that invincibility and the belief, I think. Like you say, they go behind, they get back. But I think, you know, they'll get found out. They against... can't keep on going behind. No. And, and, and not first. You know, no, exactly. I mean, Which you, is why, you know, 3-3 three, three, three three is my, my shout would be 3-3. Three, three. Um, I think Mo Salah might go down in the box and get a penalty or appeal for one at some stage. Oh, that's a guarantee. I'm, I'm just going out on a, on, a, on, a, on a wing and a prayer there, but, you know, you never know. Um, but I think there'll be goals, yeah. I mean, nil-nil is probably the, the least likely option for that one, isn't it? It was a nil-nil in the... In Klopp's first game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those years ago. And that yeah. whole team had changed within four years. Mm. You know, the, the starting eleven had all gone. So that was the bit rebuild Klopp did. And I think he's in the middle of his second rebuild. But if you look at the Wait. team that Spurs start on Saturday, 
and the team that started the home game against Liverpool last yeah, season. Three, probably. Maybe two or three tops. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be... A, that shows the, the reinvention, the change. It is a different side. Mm. And that, that means none of those players have got haunted images of the failings or the letdowns of the past. It's, they're completely fresh. They come into it with a different mentality, which is good. I don't think... Uh, I don't think Ange's played the same 11 twice in a row this season. He's always, you expect him to because the games have gone so well. You think, oh, I'll just play the same team. I don't think he has. He always seems to change at least one component in the front line. Do you think he might be tempted well, to do that to, again? Well, he has to because Johnson's out. Right. So that's, that's it. Have a question. So the Solomon or is, Richarlison? Do, yeah, I mean, maybe you go Solomon left and... Kulu uh, right. Kulu right. Or you go Richarlison centre and move Son to the Son left. left. Those, yeah. are, those are the obvious... Yeah. Options, because if, if he's done a hammy, which he did, he'll be out for a couple of weeks, the, Min, won't he? The thing about Son is, when he was in Germany before he came to us, he played a lot of games at centre-forward. And whenever he's had to play centre-forward for Spurs, it's always gone extremely well, hasn't it? Here he is yeah. playing centre-forward and scoring for fun. You almost think, we don't need a centre-forward. There's, there's an argument that the one thing Van Dijk doesn't want to play against is a mobile centre-forward. Yeah. But like Son who runs in behind, and he might find it easier, potentially, against someone like Richarlison. Yeah. But Richardson gives you more of an outball. And sometimes right. you might need that. Those are the, the options yeah. that to, to look at. Yeah. And is Solomon someone you want to start in a game like this? I don't I, you know. I, yeah, I has he got the experience? I've seen a bit of him and he looks quite a decent he's, he's done pretty well. What do you think? Do you think yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, he looked fantastic at Fulham and he's yeah. scoring goals. He, he hasn't looked to have that goal threat yet. He, mm -hmm. he, he seems to be a more man who... Try and go outside or inside and then get across or a, a deliver into the box. He looks like more a player for an away game than a home game at the moment. Yeah, possibly right. that, possibly that. What and, do we, and I was going to say, what do we know about the Johnson injury? Well, other than that, if it's a hamstring, it's going to be, going to be a couple of weeks, weeks, isn't it? Yeah, and he's an explosive player, so those are the sort of things. When there's a strain... It's a blow, isn't it? Because losing Perisic, who was doing a really yeah, good yeah, job coming off yeah. the bench and applying experience and a bit of flair and you know good set, set pieces and things. So Hill suddenly comes into the equation, doesn't he? He's training, as I understand it, and looking... But, I mean, someone said today, and it's quite right, is that Postacogli might really like yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, he's not been involved uh, so far. So whether whether he he'd fit into the system, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced well, at all. He's an option as a wide player, though, isn't he? I mean, especially if we haven't got Johnson and uh, Perisic for a while. If he's fit in a week or two, I mean, he, he has to come into the equation. He'll, he'll be he? in the frame. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there was that game at Palace last year when you thought, God, there's yeah, a player. He, there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's he's the, the only one I think. <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? The only problem is, is appeared oh, is it, to be um, is Frankfurt when he came off the bench in the Champions League as well. Yeah, I think he's the only problem has seemed to be that he was a bit physically lightweight. He's obviously got skill, and in Spain they love him, don't they? He's played Ooh. for. He's, I, I think of Jose Dominguez if anyone. Remembers. Oh, he's not. <laughs> he's not that small. <laughs> no, he's not that small, but he, he's that sort of player, a little bit sort of easily knocked off the ball. But yeah, with bags of skill. Yeah, and you just don't know where he's gonna. No. Whether he's going to be an out-and-out -out winger or a winger who cuts in or, a, you know, what sort of player he's going to be. So he, I don't think we've seen anything like that. He's just done player. so well in Spain. You just Ooh. think if he can just bulk out a bit. Roberto Soldado did well in Spain. Yeah, that's true. You know, oh, let's oh, remember okay. that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I'm just thinking he's Sorry. got to come into the equation because yeah. if we... And it's, yeah. it is a blow, isn't it, losing Johnson and Perisic at the same time? We yeah. could have really done without but, that. I mean, that's what football's... Yeah, injuries, injuries everyone's going to have it. Yeah. You can't, and, yeah. you know, the, the reality is it's about... That's why you have a 25-man first-team squad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And plus the under-21s that you can throw in. 
and you've got to utilise all of them. And there's going to be moments when you, you lose players and then it's about who wants to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. It's easier to do that in a team that's confident and a team that's playing well and playing the right way because they train together, they have that, that sense of uh, you know, forward momentum. That's what mm, you want. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, the key for me is identity. You know, I asked uh, Postacoglu about this last week and he was going, absolutely, that's, that's what... It's, it's the core of his whole philosophy, is having this identity, the way they play. But I think, and, and this is a bigger point, I think, and, and you know, we don't often give him credit, but credit to Daniel Levy and, and, the, and the structure at Spurs. They, identif- they realised that Spurs had lost their identity, lost their way. Harry Kane mentioned it last season mm-hmm. when we were talking to him after a game. You know, he said, and, and other staff members, you know, I've spoken to people, members of staff at the club who just feel they... Since moving to the stadium, they'd sort of lost their way. Where were we going? What's our identity? And Postacoglu absolutely understands that the, what Spurs is all about. Madison gets it. You know, Madison is a Spurs player instantly, isn't he? I mean, he's not, he's not in the Gaza class, but he's got that element like a Gaza. Yeah. And we, we, we love those players, don't yeah. we? And, and what I thought was fascinating, I went to the, um, the media day for the WSL, which starts this weekend as well. And uh, they were putting forward players and, and coaches from all the teams in the WSL. And, and Spurs have appointed a new men's coach from Sweden, Robert uh, Kil- Kilman. And I was talking to one of the players and, and asked her, what, what can we expect this year? You know, they struggled last year. And she said, well, you know, we're going to be on the front foot. We're going to play a lot more attacking football. We're going to be more, you know. And I said, oh, right. And I spoke to Robert and he said, yeah, this is, this is what we're all about. And I said, it sounds a bit like, you know, Ange's uh, way. He said, well we were appointed at the same time. Our remit is to bring back the Spurs way, to bring back that identity. And he said, I speak to Ange all the time. They're actually aligning the women's football, Great. men's football. It's the club. They're trying to bring, which, you know, as I say, is what we've all missed, I think, is, yeah. is seeing, you know, a Mourinho team and a Conte team and a Nuno team. Yeah. You know, none of, them, none of them are Tottenham, really, are they? None no. of those teams were. No. There was a little, you know, you could say the second half of Nuno, Conte's, uh, Conte's last first, se- se- first, first season, season yeah. um, where they looked... But even those games, they weren't on the front foot, were they? You know, they'd go behind before yeah. scoring goals and they... You know, you, it just wasn't... Sports, also, was it? Uh, yeah. The most they would do would play for 45 minutes. Mm. Whereas... Mm. Now they want to play from the first minute. Yeah. They weren't always. They, you know, let's be honest. For the first twenty minutes or so on, on Sunday, it was it was hard work. They were having yeah. to dig themselves, but they dug themselves in, and then they started to play. Yeah. And too many times in the recent past, we've gone to big games away from home, with the exception of being City, where we always seem to have a go. But wherever else we've gone away, it's been like what point we're going to fold? Mm. Because they haven't had that belief within them that that essence of, of trying to play football mm-hmm. and now it looks as though that is being inculcated in the squad in the team and that comes from from the manager down yeah unquestionably yeah, mm, yeah. well before we wrap this one up i'm going to ask you both to make predictions <laughs> yes two predictions one okay. i'm going to ask you for a score prediction for saturday but before we do that how far at this moment this is a movable feast obviously but at this moment how far do you think we can get up that table. Where do you expect us to finish the way things are at the moment, Jerry? Well, in, I mean, what's fascinating is that really it, it would be a surprise if top five doesn't mean Champions League football this year. Right. You know, with England's... Uh, the coefficient is all based on how English teams perform in Europe. 
City are hot favourites for the Champions League, Liverpool yeah. hot favourites for the Europa League, Villa hot favourites for the Conference League. We've got a lot of teams in Europe. Unless they do something really badly wrong, England should get five representatives in next season's Champions League. So five, top five gets you Champions League football. And I think Spurs can be one of them. Martin? Yeah, I think that uh, the season thus far has been indicative of who's going to be at the top. I think that uh, Chelsea and United are bang average. Mm. I, don't think they was, I don't think they'll finish 14th and 12th or whatever, but they're not great. The, the teams that we have to fight with for top four are Arsenal, Villa and Brighton. But all of those have got to play extra games and they've not got squads that are used to playing in those extra games, which gives Tottenham a massive advantage. What about Newcastle? I'm not sure they're that great. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be OK, yeah. but I think that they're... I know they, they won eight on, on Sunday... But the other games, the performances at against Liverpool with an extra man at Brighton and and at City suggested to me that they're they're just okay. They're okay. Yeah. They're a good team, but yeah. they're not someone I'll be. So you think it's Man City, Liverpool is pretty much bang. City win the league. The question, I think Liverpool probably the second best. Team. And then it's about about four teams going for three. That would be, my, that'd be yeah. my take on it. Yeah. But we have a huge advantage by not. Yeah, huge. What should be the disadvantage of not playing in Europe, as it happens, is an advantage for this season. Yeah, yeah. But let's not ever have a season again when we're not in Europe, because we should be playing in Europe every bloody year. But let's make the most of it while it's (laughs) here. Yeah, let's take take advantage of it. All right, Saturday's game, Jerry. Well, I said it earlier, three-three. I think. Uh... I've said mine (laughs) six-six. I think we're all going for a draw. I'm going to go for slightly lower. I think if you. If you offered me a one or I'd probably take it, in yeah. truth. Because I yeah. think that would be a good... I want to win. Crikey, yeah. I want to win. Yeah. But I'll take, I'll yeah. take a take really that. good performance and a point. Because yeah. I think that would be a further signal of the, the positive steps that the club is taking, the team is taking. Because then we've got a, a good little run through October where we can really, really move in the right direction. I actually think we're going to win. I think we're going to win... Hold on. 4-2. Oh! 4-2. Oh! But it'll be really close till the end. We'll get that fourth one right at the end. 15th minute of injury time. Yeah, the 15th minute of injury time, exactly. Jerry Martin for now. Thank you so much. This is Thea Delaney saying... Kill you, Spurs! Right. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show... Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.